This is R.J. Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the R.J. Barrett. He does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Yankees win! Alright, what's happening everybody? I'm your host RJ Carbone and this is episode 306 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4 where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we do MMA now too. So this is going to be new for me. Um, And we're talking MMA in this episode. So hope you enjoy it. But um, yeah, welcome to the show. It is a Sunday night as we are recording. Um, uh, Sunday, January 16th. As I am recording, I'm going to try and get this out the same night. Um... But if I can't, it'll be up early tomorrow morning on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. But um, thank you for stopping by. And if you are new here, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on the many platforms that we have. You know, you can find us on many listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Anchor, which is our sponsor, um, and many, you know, Stitcher, many platforms. And you can also listen to us and subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can watch the video format of this podcast. So be sure to do all that, and you can follow me on social media. I am at RJ Carbone on Facebook, and I'm at Rob J Carbone. On Instagram. Currently watching the. uh, Watched a bunch of football this weekend. But tonight. As I'm recording. um, Obviously as you're listening. This game has already finished by now. But as I am recording. Currently watching this Pittsburgh. Kansas City game. We're midway through the second quarter. It's 7-7. Not a good weekend for me. In the uh, the betting aspect, <laughs> you know, I uh, boy did I miss on a bunch of shit. Probably deserve it, not being much of a football fanatic, and still going crazy on the parlays. But still, it's like, can I hit once in a while? It's a good thing I'm cheap and I don't bet big. Excuse me, but um, been taking some losses, heavy ones. And um, the, the the freaking game with the uh, the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. No. No. No, the Bucks. Sorry, I'm thinking Tom Brady with the Bucks. I was gonna say one's in the AFC. The game with see, I told you I'm not a fanatic of this of, of the NFL. The game with the uh, the Eagles and the Bucks. I had I had like. I had three legs. I had Brady getting the over on 229.5 passing. 
that hit. That hit in like the third quarter. I had the uh, the Buccaneers covering the spread. They were uh, minus seven and a half. That obviously won. And then I had the over. Uh, the over under was forty six and a half. I slammed the over. And you know, it was. I didn't think I had a shot. Um, entering like, like towards the end of the third quarter, maybe I was thinking, "There's no way." But then they scored that touchdown. Philadelphia did, and you know, there was a point where I was like sixteen points away, and it was like towards the end of the third. But then Philly scored. And I became closer. I was like nine points away. And then it ended up being so close. The uh, the Bucks were going in. And, and the it was like beneath the two-minute warning. We were past the two-minute warning. Philadelphia was out of timeouts. The Bucks were going in. All I needed was one point. So a field goal would have been fine. And they 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 run the ball. So, you know, they're trying to milk the clock. They're milking it. They're milking it. But I'm thinking, all right, there's way too much time. Because they were doing this before the two-minute warning. It was like three, four minutes left. But, you know, I started to get nervous after the two-minute warning. Because I'm like, all right, you know, let's get this last point here. But they're they're in really good position for a field goal. So I'm thinking, all right, at worst, they'll just kick the field goal, say whatever. No, they end up going for it, going for it, going for it. First down, first down, first down. And then it's fourth and one. And they go for it on like the 20 or 20-something yard line. The Bucks, who had clearly won the game by miles, you know, they figured, all right, we don't want to rub it in their faces and kick the field goal. Let's just go for it and, and turn it over on downs and let Philly run out the clock. Or, you know, give their last attempt. To... I, it was just so maddening. All I needed was for them to just kick a field goal, and they decide to go for it on fourth and one. And I miss the over by one point one point a safety would have done it but that field goal it was so obvious all right just kick the field goal who cares about feelings kick the field goal no they don't they they run the ball turn it over and they just let you know Philly give their last shot <laughs> and it's just so annoying it was so frustrating to have to to sit through that because it was a pretty big payout too it was a pretty big payout it was um I'm not going to tell you how much I put down, but the odds were like plus, eh, it was like plus 200 something. I have it right here. It was, uh, let me look right here. I literally have it on a piece of paper and let's see where it is. Yeah, it was, it was plus 300. Plus 300. But I also have a similar bet with the spread and the over tied to another thing. So it was plus 300 plus whatever that was. I mean, it was, it, all I need was, I needed one point. I needed one freaking point and they turn it over on downs going for it on fourth and one. So that happened, <laughs> but um, there've been some good games. There was obviously the Dallas Cowboys game, which just finished up as I'm recording this. It finished not too long ago where Dallas, there was that, I, I guess, controversial Last play where Prescott, you know, I I don't even know. But that was a, the, the one thing I am glad about is that the Eagles and Cowboys both lost as a Giants fan. So, 
Got to be happy about that. Um, but I do have the over in this Pittsburgh-Kansas City game, and it doesn't look like that's on a pretty good pace either. It's 7-7, and there's uh, about four and a half left before halftime. So it's been a great weekend for me betting-wise. Um, and I also lost on that MMA card, which we are going to touch on when we get back from break. Guys, we're talking Knicks and MMA in this one. Um, and later in the show, we're also going to talk some MMA with my cousin Anthony. So we have a lot to discuss in this episode. So episode 306 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We'll be right back. But be sure to stay with us and we'll get right into it once we return. Hey guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So if we rewind to Saturday night... That was, dude. All right. First of all, I'm so happy that MMA is back. Uh, that one month layoff, the off season, I called it, uh, felt like a legitimate off season. It felt like a uh, an MLB off season, you know, an NBA off season for me. It just felt the same length, just because I've gotten so into MMA. So I'm happy it's back. Very, very excited for it this year. Obviously, the upcoming card. Uh, is going to be even better. It's a pay-per-view event uh, with, with Francis Ngannou going up against Cyril Gan for the heavyweight title. Um, and then you've got, I believe on that card, is Brandon Marino. You know, first Mexican champ defending his belt going up against Figueroa. So <laughs> it's going to be a good-ass pay-per-view. Um, but this, this, uh, this, this fight card, you know, the undercard was pretty quiet. Um, there were some some good fights in there. You know, what's that chick? Uh, the, the fight between the two women. It was like a couple of fights before the main event. It was on the main card. Um, I forget how to pronounce her name. Caitlin something. Chukanagian? Uh, shit. They were both in the same division as, as Valentina. And this chick is number two. And I think the chick she fought was four. But she, Caitlin won. Um, and, you know, I don't think she... She won. It didn't look like she's doesn't look like she's deserving to get a shot against Valentina, though. You know, she might, but I don't think that's gonna happen. But that was a it was a decent fight. Um, and then there's a the what's that dude's name? Jake something Collier. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but you know the the, the fat dude that people make fun of. He actually won. He, he had a pretty impressive performance for that was the the co-main event. But all in all, you know what saved the entire night was what could be, you know, a fight of the year candidate, at least at the end of the year. Already, it's, it's you know, it's, you know, one that people are keeping in mind because it, it was a hell of a fight. Um, Giga Chikatse, you know, going up against Calvin Cater. And, man, I was excited for it going in. I was. I, I expected, you know, coming in, I knew it would be a good fight. Like an exciting fight to watch. But I also thought it would be pretty close. I didn't think it would be one-sided all Calvin Cater. 
You know, because I know both can strike with the best of them. But I did think it'd be tight. With Cater more close quarters. And Giga likes his separation as a kickboxer. But it ends up, you know, it was an exciting-ass fight. But, again, it was pretty one-sided. Calvin Cater with the upset victory via unanimous decision. It was scored, I believe, 50-45, 50-45, and 50-44. But it was an absolute war. You know, it was a stand-up war. Um for 25 minutes. It was a five round fight. Giga has never went that far before. And you could see it. You could tell. Because he was absolutely gassed. As you know, as it started progressing. But you had Cater landing 144 significant strikes. Which, you know, good for him. But you could, I mean, props to Giga. This guy's got a friggin' chin. I mean, he landed, Chikatse, 128 significant strikes strikes but you know what was really killer were the 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 friggin elbows man the spinning elbows absolutely killer man by calvin cater death by a thousand elbows i mean you look at giga's face after the fight lacerations bruises cuts insanity the elbows he was throwing i've never seen a performance like that in my life as a fan of watching mma but keep in mind I've only become a diehard fan of this since you know, 2020 lockdown. But I, I'm sure others could tell you it was an impressive performance. Um, you know, long-term fans. But to me, you know, it started with that early takedown by Calvin. That, to me, he dove at him too. He was an aggressive takedown. He dove at him um, and he completely pinned him. As soon as Giga lost a little bit of balance, he pinned him. Took him down and he had ground control. Calvin did. He had ground control the entire first round, I think it was. But to me, that's kind of where it started to take the gas out of Shikatsu. You know, he exerted so much of his energy that round trying to get out of those locks he was in. And he ended up, he was, like I said, he was gassed by round, later round two at the start of round three. He was gassed from there the entire rest of the way. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, those elbows started coming. After he, you know, once it went back to the feet, those elbows started coming and he was landing every single elbow. Cater was. So, it was such a fun fight to watch. Um, You know, and heading in, you know, Chikatse talked a lot of crap. Let's be honest. To Volkanovsky, uh, I think to Holloway, I believe. He had MMA fans, you know, talking about a potential title shot. You know? He was on a three-fight win streak, three knockouts. and oh, I'm sorry, a nine-fight win streak, but a three-knockout streak. And what happens? He serves some humble pie. you know. And now he's got a lot of ground to make up. You know, I don't know. He's not getting Volganovsky now. He's not getting that title shot. No way now. Um, you know, we're talking, does he get Yair Rodriguez, Josh Emmett? I don't know. But right now, he, he can't even think about who he's getting next. He's got to take a long layoff before any of that. Right. He's got to take some time off. And 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 how about Cater? Man. You know, Bisping, Michael Bisping said it best. Um, it was inspirational. You know, the guy, this was a guy who looked just like Iga Shikatse did not too long ago, about a year ago. 
when he fought against Max Holloway. He was beat so bad, Max broke nine records worth of damage in that fight. Nine. He looked just like Giga did at the end of that fight. So what does Calvin do? He takes the year. He comes back after a completely one-sided beating. And, you know, people are talking about, oh, maybe he should retire, hang it up, blah, blah, blah. And he has to face a red-hot striker in Giga Shikatsu. 14-3 MMA, 9 in a row in the UFC, 3 knockout streak. No way, right? But what do you know? He puts together a hell of a performance as the underdog, an inspiring performance. And that's what I, this is what I absolutely love about MMA. And you can make a case that on the internet, mostly, MMA fans are the most pathetic group of like cocky diehards. They're impossible to reason with because they have got their opinion and they want to shove it down your throats. But Cater goes out there and he proves everybody wrong. He shuts everybody up. And that's what I love about it. You know, these are guys you could talk shit about, but none of the people who talk shit about these fighters are actually fighters and have fought in their lives. You know, a very small portion. So these are the rare athletes. I talk shit about a lot of athletes as a Yankees and Knicks fan, but at least I've played the game of baseball and, and you know, have watched basketball my entire life. I find it difficult to criticize fighters because, one, I'm new to the sport, and two, I've never been a fighter. You know, and I know you're never supposed to criticize professional athletes, but at least give my, I, I find it difficult to actually have a strong opinion on everything in MMA because I, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm a fan, a, but a different type of fan than I am with baseball and basketball. I'm a fan where I just like to appreciate the sport. I don't have favorites. I don't pick people I hate. Um, I, you know, I like people I, I. I have people I like to see lose and win, but I appreciate the entire sport because there's so much respect in it. And that's the main thing. That's the main thing. It's the respect factor that I really appreciate with these guys. Um, You know what I mean? Just a performance like that from both men. Just to, it, it continues to reiterate everything I've been preaching about this sport do we even call it that because it's disrespectful i feel like at this point to call it a game and a sport but it's just straight up mono mono it's classic mma if you're asking me you know if you're trying to get one of your buddies into mma this year that was a perfect start the first card of the year right there should have been a great start that was a hell of an introduction but yeah it's the respect that makes this that makes mma truly great you know 99.9 percent of the time there is respect after the fight. Even even with fighters who absolutely hate each other. Kobe and Usman most recently, right? We saw a little bit of respect there at the end. And I can guarantee you, maybe not after this fight, depending on how many fights they have with each other, Jorge and, 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 Usman, and uh, Jorge and Kobe will have some type of respect factor after. May not be after the first fight, but if there's a second one in a trilogy, eventually there will be respect. They're always is respecting the end at some point. That's what I love about it. And I don't know if you guys saw the father's, you know, the, the, the father's son photo. Uh, a lot of people are calling it with, with Giga and Calvin after the fight. You know, there's respect there. So that's the, it's just what I love about it. But um, props to Cater, man. Props to this dude. You know, he go, he went out there and he shuts everybody up. You know, 
So what does he have next? Does he have Brian Ortega next? Does he get uh, Korean Zombie? Oh, Korean Zombie's in, in a fight coming up for a title shot. So I don't know. But yeah, he had this entire this fight the entire way. He had Giga on his back foot the entire time. And obviously as a kickboxer, Giga had issues getting those kicks in. You know, he had some low kicks in there early. Uh, but that was really it for Shikatsu. Nine fight win streak is over. Snapped. From a phenomenal performance by Calvin Cater. So, hell of an introductory card. Um, again, the card was was pretty quiet. I wouldn't say it was terrible, but it wasn't great. But that definitely, you know, it, it was a perfect way to end the night. And a perfect way to segue into... Uh, the next event, which is a pay-per-view event, UFC 270, coming up on Saturday. And that's going to be a fun one. So, I am extremely excited for that event to take place, guys. We'll be right back. Stay with us. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Alright, so we're not completely done with MMA yet, uh, but we are going to take a break. We're going to talk Knicks for a bit. We're going to get into the episode, which is mainly supposed to be about the Knicks. We'll talk about their latest victory against the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. And then when we're done talking about this Knicks game, breaking everything down, talking about some other things with the Knicks, we'll head into break, and then we'll finish this episode with the question of the day, or we'll finish this part of the episode with the NYYMYK question of the day. And from there... We'll get into the 10-minute conversation that my cousin Anthony briefly had about, you know, some UFC um, and the 270 card coming up. All right, so let's talk some New York Knicks, shall we? Because, you know, they play too. That happened too this weekend. <laughs> and uh, they're playing pretty well. You know, they they, uh, they just came off a nice win. 117-108 uh, to 108 against the Atlanta Hawks. The Knicks now nine and four in their last in their last thirteen games. They're nine and four, uh, five and one in their last six games, and three wins in a row. Currently, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, on the other hand, kind of in a little bit of shambles. You know, trading away Cam Reddish to one Knicks, um, and they have just taken with that loss their tenth consecutive home loss. So it's a shame, shame, shame to be a Hawks fan right now. But um, yeah, actually, I saw a stat. Since the Knicks snapped their seven-game win streak earlier on, the Hawks are six and sixteen. So things are looking up for the Knicks. We're winning games. Um, our young players are thriving. You know, we've been talking about how we need all these players to click in the same game for a change. Well, we're finally getting that for a decent stretch right now. You know, you've got R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Julius Randle being a good teammate. Fournier's playing well. All of it. 
all of it. So let's get to it. You know, two straight games where all the starters are in double-figure points. Uh, two straight games where every starter was a plus in the plus-minus. <laughs> so, you know, the Knicks are doing it. And this most recent game against the Hawks, really solid two-way effort. They did a really nice job getting their guards going. And they're doing that lately. But especially in this one, they got their guards going early. So the Hawks really couldn't hide Trey Young defensively. You know, and on the flip side, they did a nice job neutralizing Young. Uh, they held him to 29 points on 23 shots. So pretty okay job there. Considering who it is. And considering what happened to them in the playoffs with Young. Um, first quarter. You had R.J. Barrett out the gate, facilitating early. Getting into the lane. He had two or three of his assists in the first quarter. Um, he scored 10 points, excuse me, but he was working the inside and he was kicking it out, being a good facilitator. Mitch threw down a dunk. He was working on the glass, dunking some more, drawing contact and taking advantage without Clint Capella's presence. Later in the period, Quentin Grimes and Taj Gibson, they check in and they knock down a pair of baskets each immediately. You know, so it's it's 31-28 Knicks after the first, only because they couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Um, and the Hawks were just hitting some free throws on them, but they were up by three. Second quarter, RJ, an early and one finish. You have Randall playing pretty good defense. Then his shot starts to fall in the period. He went five for six, 13 points. A little hot streak in the second quarter. The ball was swinging too, and Julius had lots to do with that. The Knicks shoot 60% in the first half, and they get 15 assists on their 24 makes in the first half. 65-51 at the break. They're up by almost 15. Um, second half comes, and it kind of slows down to start. You know, in the third quarter, the Knicks' ball movement slows a bit. It's a bit stagnant. Um, Atlanta playing better perimeter defense. They tightened up, and it caused the Knicks to shoot pretty poorly. Um Basically, it was just R.J. Barrett and Randall scoring points in the period. Uh, I think Mitch had a dunk and Burks had that and one. But other than that, it was only R.J. and Randall. So the Knicks were pretty stagnant offensively. Defensively, even, they were a step slow on their rotations. Um, you could see the, the Hawks playing a little bit faster. And, you know, Trey Young was getting into the paint. Their perimeter shooters were doing work. Um, but... Grimes hits a three-point shot later. And then Gallo does two to wrap up the period on a little bit of a 6-2 Hawks run. The Hawks then come within eight points. Enter in the fourth. You had Burks knocking down a three. Then he hits a pair of free throws. Then, you know, just when you think the Knicks might have something going again, they let up a a 9-0 Hawks run. And it's a four-point game all of a sudden in the fourth quarter. Tibbs calls a timeout in the middle of that run, and I think he called a second timeout at the end of that 9 nothing run. Takes Obi out for good, and, and we'll talk on Obi in a second. And that's when the starters check back in after that second timeout. The game goes back and forth for a bit. The Hawks pull within two. Um, but then we start hitting some clutch shots, and credit to Fournier. He hits a few tough baskets, a step-back uh, jumper, and then he gets into the lane. 97-91, Knicks with 6.20 remaining. 
Back and forth again. Then RJ hits a big three to extend it to six points at 337 remaining. Randall gets that tough and one layup with 251 left, up eight points for the Knicks. And that's where it kind of goes. Fournier gets a few more to fall. The Knicks win. But this one, you know, this one was was um, about R.J. Barrett, in my opinion. Again. And I want to talk about that when we get back from break. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but first... I also want to let you know, I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. R.J. Barrett, something, man. Something's in the water, and R.J.'s drinking it. 26 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 8 for 10 on free throws last night. Listen, he's playing good ball right now. Um, And once again, what I really love best about the way R.J. Barrett is playing is he's being aggressive. Right out the gate, he's being aggressive and establishing himself early especially against the Hawks here. Again, with no Capella, RJ was able to abuse the paint a little bit more than he usually does. In the first quarter, I mentioned he was the primary playmaker again, the focal point of the offense, getting guys involved early with kickouts and lobs. And right now we're seeing, you know, the team play well. They're playing very well and winning with RJ as the focal point. It just looks and feels so much better this way. Having us winning with RJ being the guy. Rather than just using him as a floor spacer. Hiding him in the corners. While he watches Randall Iso. Excuse me. It's 21-7 at halftime by the way. So I'm actually on a decent pace for the over. Again. 
this this is over. The game's over as you're listening to this, but I want to hit one, man. <laughs> God. Um, where was I? Um, oh, yeah. It's better watching RJ being involved, getting these on-ball reps, as opposed to just being used as a floor spacer while Julius isolates, you know? And you can notice how well they perform with him as a number one option versus what happens when they go away from him. Good example in this game was, uh, I think it was early second half. They kind of went away from him a bit in that third quarter. Things got a bit shaky for the Knicks, like we were saying. Stagnant. But when they go to him, he's doing really well. (laughs) I mean, sheesh. There's not many things he's not doing good right now. He's finishing more efficiently. He's getting to the rim and to the line more. Collapsing the defense. 10 free throw tight, uh, ten free throw attempts on 80%. I'll take that. And he continues, which is important to me, he continues to hit that mid-range jumper coming off curls, which I will keep saying is the key shot for him. That's going to open up the rest of his offense. Is hitting that mid-range free throw line extended jumper. And he's also being more patient out of the pick and roll. We keep seeing more and more of that R.J. Mitch pick and roll action, right? Him and Mitch running actions out of that pistol formation. So, their two-man game is is clicking on all cylinders right now. And Thibodeau is optimizing it. Are we witnessing the growth of R.J. Barrett? You know, should we go with this approach full-time now and have him take the the on-ball reps more often and ditch the Randall BS or, you know, lessen his role, at least, as the first option? Or are we jumping the gun and and is this just a stretch of games from RJ? You know. But um, right now I'm enjoying it. And at, at the moment, Randall is adjusting to it. Does he continue to play a lesser role going forward and, you know, buy in? Who knows? But right now he's buying in. You know, he's adjusting. He's he's moving the ball more. He's screening much harder in his DHO actions. That's evident. Oops. He, um, Randall took, let's see, I have it down. RJ took 30 shots last night compared to Randall's 24, um, including free throw attempts. So, that was nice to see. RJ be the guy. Randall, his best stat of the night, in my opinion, were the nine assists versus one turnover. That's a great stat. Efficient passing. And the Knicks this season are 4-0 when Randy's got nine assists or more. <laughs> They're 13-3 overall when he's got nine assists or more. Keep passing. Keep letting RJ cook. I think there's something to it, too. I really do. If he can keep playing like this, RJ, oh, it would be great, you know. I hope, though. I hope that Randall's buying in. And I, Again, I can't say I think so yet, but, man, it'd be nice to see him as, as the number two on this team and have RJ be the guy. I mean, he's the wild card factor here. You know, I was listening to a show last night, and they brought up a very valid point about RJ being the wild card factor. 
saying that if he keeps this up, and it's not just a hot stretch, and he ends up being this 20 points per game guy, this is going to affect who the Knicks go after in the future. Because you got to consider ball time. And, you know, RJ is this 20 points per game scorer, and not just the, you know, third or fourth option like we thought. You know? So it's something to consider. If he does pan out like a number three pick pans out, it changes some things in our approach in free agency and in the trade market. You know, and even in the draft. So he's been playing excellent. Randall is adjusting to it. Randall had 24 points last night, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, and 48% field goal. He was 10 for 21, which was a positive. Finally shoots efficiently after the whole uh, thumbs-down incident. His first really efficient game after. But to me, it was the quick decision-making for Randall that I liked. Um, you know, No face-ups or extended post-ups. He either swung it when the help came, or he attacked the rim right away. So, great game on both ends for a change for Randall. I, I liked what I saw. That was definitely his best effort in a bit. Uh, a few things I will say about his efforts in this one. When he was stuffed at the end of that game by, I think it was Okongwu, and he was stuffed a couple times. Dude, you have got to be sprinting back on the other end. Got to be sprinting back on the other end looking for, looking for blood. You cannot not do that. That's one thing. And I also didn't love his defensive efforts. Uh, at times in the fourth quarter, I thought he was defending the three pretty lazily and late, closing out. Um, and I thought he could have been a lot better on the boards. He only had six, but that's going to you know that's gonna happen. He's not going to grab ten every night. But other than those couple of things, I, I liked what I saw from Julius. And it's a performance that I don't want to nitpick at, so we'll leave it at that and be happy that he showed up. Um, we talked about RJ and Mitch. Mitch went for 14 and 13, shot six for eight. Again, the conditioning's there. He played 31 more minutes in this one, too. And he didn't look too gassed. You could tell he's playing much more with a higher motor. Just because he's got his win back now. His rolls are so much harder. Oh my gosh. Uh, his finishing is better. He's dunking everything. He's screening hard. It's not even just the block. Remember, it used to be just about the blocks. A couple years ago, it was just blocks, blocks, blocks. Right now, he's finally getting some offensive production and more rebounding in there. It's the first time in the guy's career with three consecutive double-doubles. So, And his defense, his pick-and-roll defense, really excelled last night. <laughs> I noticed that. He did a really nice job managing the space between the ball handler and the screener. Kind of finding that balance uh, of defending Young out in space while keeping up with the t- and tagging the roll man. He did a really good job in drop. So credit to him, you know, preventing entry passes and, and stepping up when he needed to, using that mobility and that length. He did a nice job in pick and roll defense. So he's playing really good. He hears those Miles Turner rumors. Don't think he does not. We know he's active on social media. We see his little cryptic messages. He hears the Miles Turner rumors. You don't think he hears that? But no, he's playing great and I love it. Um, but again, I don't like jumping to conclusions. 
like 99% of the fan base will. Probably all fan bases do that shit. A little biased. But, um, yeah, we have to remember, excuse me. <laughs> it's not, we just had Sunday dinner, all right? We, we have to remember, you know, and if you go back and look at a lot of these big efforts we're getting from Randall, these big double-double high-scoring efforts, most of them, you know, the majority of them are coming against undersized and undermanned front courts. You know, this one with, with without Capella. Um, a couple nights ago, the Mavericks without Porzingis. The Spurs, two very good performances against the Spurs this year. They're undersized at that position. Minnesota was without Carl Anthony Towns. Detroit, uh, etc., etc. You know, a lot of his good efforts have come against teams who, who lack in that area. So just keep that in mind. You know, I don't think that Mitch is going to just start dropping double-doubles, which is unfortunate because we would have hoped. But who knows? Maybe he does. Maybe this isn't just a hot streak. I'm trying my best to to be satisfied with this and be happy about it, but I also just don't want to get my hopes up and be let down again with all this. With RJ playing like a like an all-star player, with Mitch giving you double-doubles and Randall buying in. It's hard to just for me to just buy into all of it and expect it to be legitimate. I have to see this continue. Fournier, playing well too. 18 points last night. 7 for 13 field goals. 4 for 8 on his 3-point shot. He's playing good. Um, He knocked down a number of key baskets late in the 4th. You know, like I mentioned, Okongu stuffs Randall at the end there. Lou Williams hits that 3. Knicks get the backcourt violation. Then Fournier, like I said, gets that step back to put them up. 6.50 left. Puts them up four. Then he puts them up six with a floater in the middle of the lane later on. 6.20 remaining. Um, Then I think he added one more three-pointer later to cap it. But he's averaging 17 points on 43% three-pointers in his last 13 games. He did have three turnovers. And the defense was kind of bad again last night um, but the offense was there and that's the point you know we signed him knowing that his offense was going to be good enough to mitigate his defensive issues um, and it, unfortunately that hasn't been the case but lately hopefully he's found it another number for you the Knicks are 12 and 5 when Evan Fournier scores 15 points or more 12 and 5 and of those games they are 9 and 1 when he does so, shooting 50% or better. So that that's impressive. That says a lot to me. And it goes back to what we just said earlier. Everybody is getting involved. Guys are in constant motion. The ball is moving better. Shots are falling. When everybody gets involved, good things happen. A lot of mouths to feed. But right now they're all clicking. Even Grimes. Limited me. He played 60 minutes, but he scored 8 points in those 60 minutes. 3 for 3, 2 for 2 from downtown. And he continues to just freaking hound, man, hound. There was that sequence, I want to say, like, 4 possessions in a row where he was absolutely hounding Trey Young. And he's such an eye test player. Those usually make significant role players, too. 
but he's hitting threes and he's playing defense. He's an impact machine, a three and D impact machine. He's playing good. Are we sure it's going to be his minutes that take the hit when Cam Reddish comes back? You know, maybe it's going to be Obi Toppin. If anything, it might be Obi now that I'm thinking about it. You know, Grimes is too important right now with the way he's playing. Fournier's starting to heat up. RJ is obviously a staple. The signs are there that Obi's might not even be here for too long. You know, I'm kind of getting that feeling right now. He's getting less, less minutes than he usually does anyway lately. But it's like six unproductive games in a row now for Obi. Um, with short leashes. And if we're bringing in another 6'8 true wing here, Obi might be out of the rotation and maybe even out the door at some point. You know, Randall is here. He's obviously the guy at power forward. Um, we don't have a point guard to really get Obi going as an everyday player right now. He's this full court, high tempo athlete on a team that plays very slow. So I just think at some point it's going to make sense to move him. You know, he's not going to get everyday minutes with Randall here. And I've been saying this since since Randall started, you know, since he started turning the narrative last season. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, the Knicks are still looking for point guard help. Um, so who knows? Maybe they can package him. By, by February, whatever it is. So, but yeah, I don't know if if you if you take Grimes minutes when Reddish returns. I, I don't think you can. Because <sighs> he's playing too good. I, I will say that it's nice that when Obi starts to slump, Grimes is kind of jumping right back in and making positive impact again. So that's good to see. And Burks is playing well. Burks had 17 points, 4 for 8 field goals. Seven for seven at the stripe. Eight rebounds, nine assists. Or I'm sorry, eight eight uh, assists, nine rebounds in 36 minutes. You know, the officials were pretty heavy on the whistles on this one. So Burks was attacking his defenders. Uh, defenders, Being aggressive, getting to the line. And distributed the, the, the ball pretty well to keep the defense off balance. He was incredibly efficient. You know, his points more than doubled his shot attempts. He started a point guard again, but he wasn't really on the ball often as RJ and Julius were doing their thing, so that was good. And defensively, he played, you know, young pretty well. The Knicks switched a lot, so he wasn't on Trey all game, but he did well when he was matched up. So, it's good. All, all is looking positive right now in the Knicksville. Um, things are looking up in the next four games. Not gimmies, but they're, they're games we should take. They're all at home um, against Chicago, who's a beatable team. I think they're the seventh seed, twenty-three and twenty. Last I checked, um, you've got Minnesota. After that, they're a beatable team, twenty and twenty-two. The ninth seed, you've got New Orleans. They're out of it. They're sixteen and twenty-seven, thirteenth seed in the West. So we have to beat them. And the Clippers, who are very mediocre, twenty-one and twenty-three, eighth seed. Uh, but not only do they not have Kawhi, Paul George is now done, at least for a while. So those are very important games. These next four home games, we absolutely need to do well in. And hopefully we can take at least three. It would be nice to be really hot and take four. But if we could take three out of these next four home games, you know, I don't think you can you can ask for, for more. I, I wouldn't want to ask for... If we take two, I'm not accepting that, man. These are teams we need to be at home. 
And so I think the Knicks have to go out and do the job. Three or four is my uh, my high standard here. Because it's very important. Because you look ahead after that, and I'm not trying to jump too far ahead, but it does get real brutal late January, early February. Cleveland, Miami, Milwaukee, the Lakers, Memphis, uh, Denver, Utah, Golden State. All those teams coming up at some point um, later in this month in early February. So... Again, don't want to jump too far ahead, but that's why these next few games for us are going to be crucial. Tomorrow is what we have to worry about. This Charlotte Hornets game coming up. We'll see what happens. But that's what happened uh, last night against uh, against the Hawks. The Knicks are looking good. They're playing very well. Got to be proud of them. And um hope you guys enjoy this, this little breakdown we had. Now, we're going to get into the conversation that Anthony and I had. My cousin Anthony talked to some MMA. Went over the card that's coming up next week for about 10 minutes. So let's get to that right now. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, let's hit the break, actually. And when we get back from break, we'll finish up with the MYYMYK. Then we'll get to the episode. All right. So stay with us. Be right back. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A28412. R-J-C 682-841-ERJC Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Bocker blog and there you have it. So this episode, as you can see, if you're watching the podcast for episode 306, our NYYMYK question of the day, what school did Stefan Marbury attend? All right. What school did Stefan Marbury attend? Let me know the answer on Facebook or on Instagram in my messages or in the comments section. Once I publish one of the little promo clips to this episode, guys, hope you enjoyed it again. We're going to head right into the remainder of the show with the conversation that Anthony and I had not too long ago earlier tonight about some MMA and we'll wrap it up with that hope you guys enjoy uh, what are you doing uh, you know just picking back bulling in the butt Woo-hoo. I'm gonna keep that in there um, Matt's here Yo, Colby and 
Maz the doll, boy. We got what yeah. we asked for, bro. We were literally just talking about that. I cannot Everything wait. we talk about comes to truth. Hey, I cannot wait, bro. I'm going to watch every press conference. Oh, that's going to be that. That pressure yeah. is going to be insane, dude. Oh, my gosh, dude. Man, I bet you Masvidal hits them if they like because he he did that to um to what's his name in the backstage. Did he really? He hit somebody. Yeah, he hit. Uh, who's the British guy? Oh, Leon. Yeah, he hit Leon Edwards. Oh, yeah, wow. Masvidal was doing an interview, and Leon Edwards said something to him. Oh, Masvidal shit. walked up to him and hit him three dude. times. That's where he got the three piece and the soda from. Uh, <laughs> dude, but you know what I like about this? It's a lot. A lot of like UFC um, beefs and stuff is like uh, sometimes it could be very WWE. But this yeah. is something that's re- like this is something that was before they were matched up. This is goes back a while when they were together and you know friends. So they are. This is an actual thing. Yeah, they used to be roommates. Yeah, they were best friends. They're in the yeah. Same so this is this is uh this is gonna be interesting. I don't know who. Kobe's just too good. I feel like, but I don't know. I mean, Jorge could easily win it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who to pick because they've they've sparred with each other. Yeah, you know they've they've trained together, so like they know stuff about each other. And both of them are coming off of losses to Usman, I believe. Yeah. 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 When's the last time Masvidal even fought? It was against Usman the second time. In, okay. In yeah. So. Both of them have lost to him twice. Oh, and, Usman uh, and Masvidal fought twice. Usman, yeah, he, him, him, and Masvidal fought twice, and then him and Kobe obviously fought again. Was it the first? The first fight was the just the foot stomping. Well, the first one before, between, yeah, that was the stomping one. Okay. Ray and uh, Kamara. That was actually that was the first, a decision, right? Yeah, that was the first UFC fight that I that really got me to watch. Every weekend. What uh what happened the second fight? I forget. The second one, I don't know, it was this summer, I forget too, but it wasn't really that close. Um, but you know, he had no excuse because this his excuse the first time was that he was on you know short notice, but this time he had a full camp and everything, and he just didn't get it. But now they're going it's Jorge and Kobe, and it's it's gonna be nuts because I, I wish they would have done the ultimate fighter, man. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah. Uh, so how do you how do you have to that has to be like scheduled ahead of time? Yeah. Um, like at the end. Yeah, of the they'll uh, they both have to agree to it, and then they'll they'll film the season. Yeah. And then whenever they fight is the. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Cool. Did you see the recent season? No, I haven't watched it uh, since the Dillashaw. And oh, yeah. uh, Garbrandt. Oh, it's um, the first time I've seen it. The most recent. And that one was, that one was really good. It was just entertaining. Yeah. But my favorite Ultimate Fighter was Rampage and Rashad, hands down. Oh, okay. Was that yeah. like early stages? That was yeah, season ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that one had a lot of trash talk. A lot of it was funny. Damn. 
Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> this one's gonna be nuts, though. I can't. It's it's in March too, so it's not that far away. Yeah, then, I uh, oh, I'm definitely gonna watch it, dude. I used to- Where's it at? It's not in New York, is it? No, it's. I think it's in Vegas. 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 What's um, up with New York, man? When are, when are they gonna? You know, they had the last card, and uh, well, not the last, but the last card that Kobe fought on was in New York against Usman. Uh, I was at the Garden in November, but ever since then, I don't know. It's it's hard because of the whole vaccine thing. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, and, dude. Well, they're strict with the COVID laws over there, so. <laughs> I think Dean is just trying to go where he can, wherever he can get a whole packed house in. If he ever comes to D.C. or Maryland or like Baltimore, we'll have to go to that. We should go to one close. But, yeah, if there's ever one local for both of us, yeah. I'm definitely down. Yeah, you know who's been hitting me up a lot? Dingo Man. I was going to say, Dan. What yeah, is Dingo it? Man. What's he up to? <laughs> Oh, what is he not up to? Yeah. So, uh, hold on. Is he already married or is he just engaged? Uh, I think he's married. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure he's married. Oh, wait. I don't know, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, he's, he's trying to get me to, to, to message this girl. That lives uh, yeah, he was in, telling me. Yeah. And, like, he's like, send her a friend request, bro. I'm like, I, I'm i off Facebook for a month. I'll do it in uh, February. Oh, you are? Yeah, I just took a break from social media for a month. That's good. I need that, too. I just go on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you make TikToks, Anthony? Oh, yeah, I do. You want to follow me? <laughs> Flying Triangle TTV. Holler at your boy. What do you do? It's like. Uh, right now I'm posting a lot of Christian content. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have a TikTok, but I'll download. Every now and then I'll post uh some Call of Duty stuff. Oh yeah, how's your stream going? I haven't streamed in a while. I need to get it back up. Yeah. I uh, I need to be more consistent on it. Yeah. Once I I think in February I'll start again because then I can get on Facebook and start sharing it again. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's it like in Liberalville in your college? How's that? I start the next, the next semester is uh, I start like in a week or so on the twenty fourth. Oh, okay. And I'm going. Uh, it's it's an English class, so it should be you know, it's just annoying. Um, listen, yeah, those I, things you send me cannot be real. <laughs> I they're posted from like verified accounts too. Oh my god! I, I that the latest one was nuts. Um, but I'm almost I, done. What do you say? I, I can't like somebody complaining about a mask in a virtual meeting, Dude, bro. Like, if if that's real, I'm losing my mind because I, I don't. First of all, they're not called masked people, unmasked people. They're called human friggin' beings. Yeah, so, all right. that's straight. Uh, but I'm almost done, dude. I need to get out of there. I am so I have one more class, and then I, I have like three I'm gonna take in the first half of the summer, and I should be graduated with my associates. Nice, nice, nice. If if it wasn't so expensive, 
I'd be done. I I've, I would have been done for a while, but it's so it's yeah, a lot of dude. money, and I'm not getting the financial aid because I screwed that up. Hey, it's all good, man. Uh, how's the new gig going that you're doing? It's all right. Yeah, it's you know, it's there. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to still trying to find something bigger. So I don't know. Nah, you'll yeah. get there, man. God, a... God will open the doors for you. Yeah, bro. you're working really hard. Thanks, yo. Maybe I'll be a UFC fighter. I was gonna say that. Mm, you want to be a UFC fighter? <laughs> no, never. Maybe Fuck. you can be the one to beat Usman. Did you see? So you didn't see the the fight last night? Was nuts, dude. No, I, I freaking I forgot. <laughs> was it free? Yeah, it was on ESPN. Yeah, it was free. Oh, should have um, watched it. The most of the the undercard was pretty boring, but dude, the main event was very good. It was like just twenty five minutes of slugging. Did uh did Adolfo Vieira fight last night? Who's that? Adolfo Vieira. Um, I don't think so. I I have I'd have to check. When was he fighting? I thought he was fighting soon. Oh, he's fighting on the Naganu card. That's right. That's next weekend. Okay. You should watch that. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to. Yeah. Dude, they raised the price for pay-per-view. What is it now? So it went to 75. Really? They raised it. it used to be 60. Then it went to 65. Then last year it was 70. Now it's up to 75. Jeez. That's why I just go down the street to my buddies. He's already got it. So I just use him. Yeah. Shout out to you, Leo. Ah, man. But yeah, man, it's gonna be good. Um, you should watch next week. I'll try to get everybody on for us next week if I can get Mike. Mike's busy tonight. Tanner hasn't reached back. But Chuck, I tried to get Chuck. Chuck's um in quarantine right now, so he's not feeling good enough to do it. Oh but, yeah, it's COVID. Yeah. Dang. But um, yeah, if he's healthy enough, we'll try to get him on here next weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get a bootleg stream next weekend. Save yeah, me some money. I'll send you the links. I got some links. Oh, all right, all right. I got you. Yeah. All right, yo. Thanks for coming on. That's that'll be it. That's all good. All right, yo. All right, we'll chit chat. Stop recording. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Again, I am your host R.J. Carbone, and that'll be it for this episode of BD Four, episode three hundred six of the show. And we'll see you in three oh seven tomorrow's MLK Day. We'll talk Knicks after they play the Hornets. See you then. All right, guys. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.